how are you? It's been so long since I have seen your smiling face on my computer screen. It's it's going. It's good. Um, you know, it's been a rough. You know, we had a good time in Ireland when we were, didn't have COVID. Had some some fun in Ireland. Sans COVID. Yes, that was a lot of yeah. And then went back and tried to help my mom sell, do like a garage sale and get rid of some of the many things she has in her house and that to, to varying degrees of success. I think it was more, I didn't think I sold very much stuff and like did very much, but everybody else was like, Oh my God, I can't believe you did so much. And I was like, I sold oh. like one thing and, and did it, you know, I, I don't know. Her house is still crowded with shit. <laughs> so I'm doing my best. Uh, it's it's the nicest. It's just a lot of like, you know, she inherited a lot of furniture and stuff like that and doesn't know where to put it. So I was like trying to get her to go through and get rid of stuff and it wasn't going super well. But I don't know. Had a garage sale. Well, and also I've been hearing this from a variety of sources lately that our parents' generation, like, you know, it inherited furniture like nice solid furniture that you could use for decades and decades and decades but the furniture that they have bought throughout their life was just not really built like that way and yet they tend to hold on to stuff for too long and they want to like give it to us and we are like no all of her stuff is really good furniture but it's like it's a very specific look Mm -hmm. and it's just like like we tried to when i was at the plano municipal center trying to get a permit for a park uh, for a for a garage sale i said something and this i said to this woman was there and she handed me a car and she's like i I do a consignment store and then i like took pictures of all the stuff we were looking to sell and she's like yeah we can't sell any of that it's Mm -hmm. so old-fashioned like it doesn't matter how solid and how great it is which i like solid furniture like i i agree with you there's a lot of stuff you buy now and it's like well this won't you know tara and i are kind of we're getting rid of like some stuff and i have like these bookcases that i'm like well no here i'll put them up for like 20 bucks they're super some of them are old and and very or not even that old but they're just crummy mm-hmm. the point being like yeah there's a lot of stuff we have that's i don't think it's gonna last as long as the stuff my mom has but like it's also looks more modern and like yeah. tastes have changed so that no one's gonna want to take it i want to say that one of the things that i saw that talked about this it was like someone wrote into an advice column and was like I'm planning on leaving my house to one child, but all the contents of my house to another child. And they were like, I, you know, have a lot of furniture that I think will be worth a lot of money. And I have this like fancy piano and all these different things. And the the answer was like, highly recommend you actually have somebody come in and appraise the things in your house. Because it's not only that things are out of style, but also sometimes the market is overwhelmed with antique furniture. And there's only so many people buying antique furniture and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um... Yeah, this is all my way of saying, mom and dad, I'm just going to have an appraiser come in and just take all your stuff and write me a check. I mean, you don't really have a sibling to split anything with, so. No, I was not the one Leo who Leo looked up at that. Leo's column. like, I'm getting something. Uh, yeah, but I was not the one who wrote into the advice column, so, you know. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, so things are good. How are things with you? They're good. They've been busy, but um, but good. You know, I'm 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 out of the boot now for my foot. I know that craniacs oh, are really uh, we're really waiting for that update. So uh, I'm now in a, a really sleek and stylish orthotic shoe. 
Ooh. <laughs> and let me tell you, you haven't lived until you've tried to pair that with a shoe on your left foot. Um, and it makes a really nice, like, clunking sound as I walk. So, um, yeah, we're just all levels of style here. But, um, yeah. My cousin's daughter uh, does, a, does a ton of martial arts for years and then finally joined baseball or softball and finally broke her foot like you know, as a boot for her first day of like high school and stuff like that so oh no yeah it's uh i'm not i was not sad to say goodbye to it but i went in like when i went in for my checkup it was like i was on a mission they're like how are you and i was like ready to get rid of the boot and my doctor was like how's the foot feeling i was like like it's ready to get rid of the boot well i'm should we I'm good to talk about Frasier now if you're ready. I'm like, it's it's weird. It's a late night. It's just been like, I, in order to get everything ready, you know, and all the stuff I'm doing in the in the weeks uh, between starting the new job, it's just like we get up and it's like I get a honey-do list and it's like, okay, I'll go do this stuff. I, I was so. about to say, you say we're recording late. It's 8 o'clock. <laughs> oh, since we got back from Ireland, I wake up at like 6. <laughs> like, I, I just am oh. still in like, and I'm kind of like, not trying to fix that because I'm moving from a job that was on the east of uh, the west coast to a job that's on the east mm-hmm. coast. I don't think I'm going to have to get up. They're like they're kind of like, yeah, just take Austin hours. But at the same time, I'm like, I used to be like, I don't have to get into work till about eleven thirty, and now I'm like, I need to get mm-hmm. up and like be a regular human that's being true. and all that. So I'm trying to make that happen again. So have you, uh, in the days you were, after you returned, did you feel kind of like? floaty in the mornings when you'd first wake up and like when jet lag was like really like I I would feel as though like my head kind of disconnected from my body and was floating up like a balloon Uh, I I mean part of the thing that was hard with this whole thing was during us having COVID and we kind of got a little bit better near the end but like I don't think we had enough days at the end of the trip to really recover but it was just we were just in a room it was like I'm tired I'm in a bed I'll just go to sleep and then I'll wake up and then Uh I'll you know, turn on the TV if Tara's also up or I'll read if Tara's uh-huh. asleep. Like, that's just what we did. And we had like no schedule. Mm-hmm. And it was like we were like, what day is it? It was it was really crazy. And then the brain fog was a real thing. But like, I think that's part of it oh, is it wasn't really jet lag. It was just definitely a real thing. Oh, yeah. We tried to figure out train schedules that were on military time. And it took it was literally like she's like, it's fourteen hundred. And we were like, two o'clock and then i'd forget that like two seconds later like uh-huh uh-huh and i was trying to explain to her it felt like really extreme adhd to me like sometimes having that like trying hard to focus on a thing and she's like this is what it feels like and i'm like yeah she's like you're like this most of the time and i'm like well, to some degree yes and she was like oh my god i'm like yeah <laughs> it's 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 real it's serious yeah i would it would take me forever to write an email when I had brain fog with COVID because I would start an email, write a little bit of it. By the time I got to the second like paragraph, I would forget what I'd written in the first paragraph. So I'd go back and reread it. Then I'd be like, well, what was I going to say in the second paragraph? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, it feels a lot like what I go through. So, but anyway, so enough about sleep schedules. Let's, let's talk about Frasier. Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And I'm sitting, we're listening and we, (laughs) Tara, well, I was watching it today, and she interrupted me, and she was she like waiting for me to pause, and I paused, and I looked at her, and I go, "I'm listening." She it took her off, so she thought she's like, "That's a really snotty answer." I'm like, "No, no, no." Remember Fraser? She's like, "Oh yeah, right, right, right." Um, anyway, we're the Craniacs. We talk about oh, we talk about we get together and we catch up, and then we also talk about Fraser, a subject that is quickly becoming very uh, timely in that. 
Very so, relevant again. Something we'll kind of go over in between our two episodes today, the the new season coming out soon. Uh, but for right now, we're talking uh-huh. about season 11, episode 6, I'm Listening. Frazier inadvertently eavesdrops on Ronnie, making a date with another man. Martin takes the news badly, accusing him of spying. Uh, the Hulu synopsis was, oh, yeah. you know, it's just one sentence, was like, Martin gets annoyed at Frazier for eavesdropping. It's weird because, like, I will say the whole Mar- Marty, like, getting on him for eavesdropping was my least favorite part of this. Mm-hmm. Because it felt so, like, fabricated and and just BS. But I guess at the end, like, they were kind of using, I wrote this, that they were kind of playing on the trope of, like, sitcom eavesdropping and being stuck in those situations to, like, make Frasier, put Frasier into weird situations, which I thought was very funny. I did not appreciate Martin taking out what was actually like his insecurity and concern about his and Ronnie's relationship on Frasier for the eavesdropping. Having been a victim of transferred emotions and transfer misplaced anger for people before it's, it it, it doesn't feel great. I was having a talk with my uh, brother-in-law over this week about the whole, because we were talking about, Oh, he's like, Oh, I forgot you had a Frasier podcast. We're talking about old sitcoms. And he was like, we were talking about the whole is Marty MAGA and like the whole thing about how I feel like mm-hmm. I really like Martin way better at the beginning of the show than I do now. Now he just feels like a very okay boomer character. And like this was, like you said, a lot of like I'm dealing with something. I'm going to use it like I'm going to find out what you were doing that was wrong, quote unquote. Because, again, he wasn't eavesdropping. He was just getting into these situations where he's like, I don't know where to go. I mean, the first one was. Some, I care about my father, so when I hear this woman doing this, I'm, like, shocked into, like, standing there and listening. And mm-hmm. then the other ones, he was literally trapped in a room. Yeah. Like, physically well, trapped. I also feel like the the first one, when he was trying to pass back through the living room to go get his coffee, I, I understand that, like, oh, you're about to walk into the room, somebody takes a phone call, and you're like, oh, I'll wait for them to get off the phone. But then you're still going to hear their phone call. It's not like, oh, let me put a glass to the door and catch every word. Yeah. Side note, <laughs> do we think Wendy Malick, who plays Ronnie, do we think she is wearing a wig? Oh, because I don't know. Was I wasn't something... really, my wig dar wasn't going off. <laughs> the only reason I think that is because, it, and I've never thought this before on Frasier or any show she's been on, but and it may have just been for this episode or something, her hair had a very kind of slight reddish purple tint to it. And also mm-hmm. it looked really like brassy, like you, like kind of cheap hair you see on like a wig you would get for like Halloween or something when you're trying to go as like a member of One Direction or something. <laughs> you know, it kind of looks like kind of shiny and doesn't look quite like, like, like real hair. Like a spirit Halloween wig, <laughs> like they went and got the Ronnie. Yes, exactly. Or, or what would it be at Spirit Halloween? And It'd also- be like psychiatrist's dad's girlfriend or something <laughs> like that. Like those. Or it would just be like neutral. piano lounge singer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was two thousand two, two thousand three. I don't know that there were that our, our our wig budgets were what they are. Also, it may not have been a wig. It may have just been like an odd hair day or something. But um, anyway, it just it it I bumped on that. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I, I I didn't really. I was more like what was really affecting me was uh, Frazier kind of being yelled at for something that wasn't his fault by a like like I said, kind of a bo- a boomer esque character, which is uh, a little bit of what my previous week was. So it was a little hard to watch this episode. 
episode sometimes. Oh. So we find out that Ronnie was, in fact, making a date with a guy that sounds like maybe she's gone out with a few times before. But at the very beginning of the episode, it starts with Ronnie playing the piano at Frasier's in the morning in a bathrobe. Martin's in a bathrobe. Frasier's coming out of his bathrobe. Like, obviously, Ronnie spent the night. I got mm. the sense that it's like, oh, Ronnie's, like, sleeping over frequently now. And this is, like... This is becoming like like a real thing. And I was surprised that she was, in fact, making a date. And that she yeah. also said to Martin, like, well, we never really, you know, we never really talked about, like, what we were doing. And how, how, did, how did that make you feel, Ryan? Were you, did you feel like you were on the same page as Ronnie? Or did you feel a little surprised like Martin? Uh, I, I would be a little surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that phone call, like, was like, hey, we, sh- we should have this talk mm-hmm. like you know i i just think ronnie was coming from a place of like it'd been a while since she'd had to worry about this and i don't know like again it's it's always this weird machismo thing of like martin you know like her almost assuming that like martin wouldn't want to settle down like and that guys don't want to do that um or even martin in this case or i guess in many other cases like other guys she'd been with didn't want to do that and it was just like they felt like i mean again we're talking about it's not much of a sitcom if there's not anywhere to go but i feel like it is we are getting to the point where it's like a lot more manufactured um uh conflict conflict thank you uh in these in these episodes than we have in the past or we do in other shows now well, so to, to move this along a little bit, uh, the re- Martin finds out that she has a date with another guy because he invites her to go to a doo-wop concert with yes. him after he invites Niles, uh, not invites Niles, asks Niles and Frazier to help him get tickets. And Frazier says, I'm afraid I'm not very well connected in the doo-wop world, which I really enjoyed. But Niles, I think, does help him get the tickets. I Niles is trying to get a very prestigious nursery painter to and, and finds out that he is a fan of of doo-wop but i like I, I don't know it's kind of a sweet like it's really like just to move the plot along but i do like that at this point they get their jibes in but it's not like oh god how we wouldn't be caught dead go, you know asking mm-hmm. for doo-wop tickets they're like of course dad we'll ask surely we we know also, somebody you know i'm sorry a doo-wop concert sounds like a blast uh I think my uh, in-laws went to Frankie Valley, which isn't exactly doo-wop, but like, you know what I mean? Okay, like that kind that of. That actually is what I think about when I think of doo-wop. I think of like Jersey Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when he was going through the list of like making up the fake names. He goes, one of the teenagers like finally is out of their walker or something like that. Like one of the names of the group was the teenagers, but now they're like older than Martin. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Uh, so the, the night of the doo-wop concert, uh, mm-hmm. when Ronnie has her date with Richard, uh, everyone ends up at Nervosa and Martin has told Ronnie it's okay that she can't go. He's going to take the other woman he's been seeing, Sheila. And Roz walks into the coffee shop and Martin is like, Sheila, you're here. Throws his arms around her and plants a big old smooch on her. A long smooch. Ryan, I cackled. I like Cackled. had looked down or something. So in the second, it was like like it happened so fast. It was like Roz like hi. And she's like Sheila kiss, and like I mm-hmm. it was like even if I think if you watch it, it happens so fast. But like I looked down, I was just like sitting there, 
and he they were you know he was sucking face so like you couldn't i just saw the hair and i was like oh it's gotta be ross mm-hmm. but like there was a minute i was like i hope that's ross i hope he didn't just kiss some random character and then the whole thing um where she was a mod <laughs> like i like that like marty's marty's dating a piano bar lounge singer and his like mm-hmm. perfect woman to one up that thing is to go a show model on like car show floors rvs yeah oh, was, was it rv specifically it was something in rvs so yes and i i will give the friend or wingman i guess of the year award to Roz in this situation because she went yes. with it so fast <laughs> i wrote down Roz is the best yes like she just, yeah, she went with it. She picked up on it immediately and played right into it. And it was, yeah. I just, I also love later when she accidentally kind of sends Ronnie out of the apartment and uh, Martin comes in and he's like, where's, you know, what happened to Ronnie? She's like, Sheila showed her the door and did like the point, yes. like whatever. And then they were yeah. mad at her and she's like, like I can't control Sheila. Hand. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, I also like the voice she used. She's like, Sheila showed her the door. I can't control Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny, this other I do have character. one. I thought Roz looked fantastic. I do mm-hmm. have one gripe and that is that her bomber jacket she was wearing, A, so stylish, so cool, very ill-fitting on her. I was like, what is this bomber jacket? Was, like, this is like one size too big or... It's a men's cut jacket or something. I think it was a little masculinely cut. However, I don't think it was that bad on her. In a show that has had some really spectacular 90s looks that have, that have been extremely ill-fitting. Not necessarily on Roz, but on people on this show. But I know. They just, I feel like as of late, they've done a really decent job of dressing Roz. And this just seemed like the wardrobe assistant grabbed the wrong size and they were it wasn't until they were about to start filming that they realized they grabbed the wrong size they're like well we just have to go with it we watched my mom and i watched the fugitive with uh harrison ford and tommy lee jones great oh man that movie has come up in conversation like once a week for the past month when you eventually watch it again because you're talking about it so much i want you to watch what they're wearing at the end it is just a bunch of guys in dad jeans with like (laughs) <laughs> button up shirts but it's like those night do you do you, like they did a thing in the office where the shirts jim wears in like the first three seasons before he finally gets the confidence to ask mm-hmm. out um pam yeah. are like kind yeah, of big real baggy b- biggie yeah, yeah baggy and, and billowy like they're all wearing this and then the last i'm like sitting there with mom, i'm like i never realized how many people were in jeans in this like everyone's wearing dad jeans in the last scene where they're like running around the hotel it's also like we pointed out, the end of this movie is a fight between two surgeons. Like, <laughs> it's these characters that should not be having like a choreographed fight scene. Like, I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's there, there, there's distinctly a scene right before the end where Tommy Lee Jones is like kind of like, like Harrison Ford's going around and like kind of leading them to get them to understand the pieces of the puzzle. And Tommy Lee Jones is putting it together and he like leans up on, he takes his, his, his suit jacket off. And he's wearing the dad jeans, and I, I don't think it was a braided belt, but it certainly could have been. And he's like leaning up against the the window, going like, "Where are you, Richard Kimball?" And like, it's it's really this big shirt that's way too big for him, and this this terrible like paisley, not paisley, but weird design ties. It was very nineteen ninety three. But anyway, now now I'm just gonna have to rewatch the Fugitive. Uh, it's it's good. It holds up. 
I also took issue with uh, Martin calling Roz Frazier's secretary. I bumped on that too. I was like, no, she is not Frazier's secretary. I was like, what? She's a producer. Yeah. I'm not knocking secretaries whatsoever, but that is implying that she is more of an assistant role and she makes the magic happen. The implication in this case is that, yes, she is an assistant. Um, And that's not the, that's not that like, like producers get the show like I wish we had a producer. Um, you know, like producers get stuff done. Uh, yes. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. I also bumped on when finally Ronnie and Martin start communicating, and they both want to only date each other, and all these different things. Uh, and Ronnie says, I think Ronnie says, like, is this the equivalent of like you putting your class ring around my neck or something? Now I want to talk about class rings. Ryan, did you have a high school class ring, a senior ring? I did, but. I'm not a ring person. Like I never wear my wedding ring. Like I have it somewhere, but it's just I don't wear rings. I have a watch I usually wear. Oh. I just got fixed. That's a engagement gift that Tara got me. But I don't wear rings. I, don't, I never gave rings. I, I will have a story. You go ahead. What you was what you said. I got a story to follow. Well, up. I was going to say like tell me about. Did you have the option that we had where you could pick the different sides of your ring, like little symbols to demonstrate like. Mm-hmm. What what you were into, and um, so that the ring could really be personalized to you. Yeah, I put Limp Biscuit and uh, Star Wars. Those are the things I was super into in 1999. No, I don't remember what I what I put on the side of mine, oh, but okay. it couldn't have been. I think maybe like something to do band and something. I don't know. Who knows? Okay, it's so clearly not as important to you. I did. Uh, I know I had no. Drill Team on one side. A little mm-hmm. symbol for that, and then I had the art, my class year on the other, and then I had uh, I had my name on one side, and then Longhorns on the other. We we're the Longhorns, uh, mm. and I found I found my class ring maybe ten years after I graduated in a jewelry box at my parents' house. It is completely green now. So oh, I, don't, I don't even know where really mine is. nice metal that we used. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also remember my mom once. She was like, I don't know, cleaning out her jewelry box or something. She came across her class ring. I was like, oh, you know, I. I guess I, she took it to like a pawn shop or something, took, took it to like a jewelry resale store, probably a pawn shop. And she was like, she'd been cleaning out her apartment all day and stuff. So she was like, I was just in really like grubby clothes. And she like stopped by there. And then the guy was like, I can probably only give you about $10 for it. And she was like, okay. And he was like, I'll make it 12. And she was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, you take care of yourself now. And she was like, and later she was like oh i must have like i knew it wasn't worth very much i wasn't like oh let me part with this part this thing that's very sentimental value to me and just to like make ends meet so no yeah she's like yeah okay he keeps being like you poor thing here's some more money it's like okay sure yeah uh i know she should have seen how how long she could work it but um i i do remember some friends of mine wearing their boyfriend's class rings like actually like on a finger not necessarily on a necklace do you remember like the fraternity drops or whatever they were called? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we yeah we need to explain that for people. Well, it's like a pendant or something that looks like a a, a teardrop or it's a, a raindrop. It's a charm basically a charm. that has your fraternity letters on it. Uh, um, okay, so cut to real early. Our fraternity was kind of created my or was brought back on campus my my sophomore year. And, and reinstated and so like a lot of us were in there but it, it was interesting having so many people at the exact same level but like some of us knew what was going on in in, in 
what it, what yours is pan hellenic what was ours called mm-hmm. inter fraternal life and so we yeah. sit down and we're doing this this meeting it's like oh here's the finance report here's this uh, anybody have any new business and this guy uh named Bo we were with goes yeah guys um I'm gonna drop my girlfriend uh next week and everyone's like oh my god that's so great and he's like, yeah, I, I want you all to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a song we're supposed to sing. And cut to like Phil and I standing there going, thinking mm-hmm. he means like, I'm going to dump my girlfriend because it's like, yes, I'm, I'm going like, to break up with her. I'm going to drop my girlfriend. And we're looking at everyone get so excited. And I remember Phil and I being like, what the, like, what is going? Like, it, there was a good, yeah, who, and it wasn't just us psychopaths? going, yes, because they were like, yeah, man, that's awesome. We want to be there. And I'm like, you people are nuts. I will be nowhere near that. And then it was funny because they're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're all going to show up and sing. And I'm like, oh, then I'm definitely not going to be there. Enjoy singing. And I was like, it's, it's, uh, th- that was funny. I never got one. I never dropped anybody because couldn't tame this stallion. Pew, pew. <coughs> are you okay are you okay i yeah I'm, I'm great i'm great that was definitely a cough uh i only remember so much as you have a ceremony when a guy drops a girl we have ceremonies when a girl gets dropped gets a promise ring or gets engaged and uh we had all three happen some multiple times while i was um in college but only one i only remember one person getting no, no, I think I remember two people getting dropped. And it was actually both mm-hmm. people from your fraternity. So, um, yeah, I do remember that uh, at ours, someone just, like, lets the president know that we need to have a candle lighting. And then we all stand in a circle in the living room. And the president lights a candle and starts passing it. And we sing songs. And it goes around once around the circle for sisterhood. The <laughs> second time around for if you've been dropped. The third time around for promise ring. And the fourth time around for engaged. And guess who lost count every time I did? I was always like, where are we? What what, what are we on now? <laughs> but uh, when, when it would start to go around the fourth time, you would know because people would get like visibly excited to be like, oh my God, someone's engaged. Oh my God. Phil so. and I, so we were some of the first group to move into the house. Um, we found hiding places in the house that no one knew about because there would be someone going, like, hey, we're getting everybody to go drop so-and-so's girlfriend and like i did not want to sing this song i did not want to be involved and so we had like it was like there was this one of them was a closet that like a panel that went behind the walls had come off and we would go get the closet and do that and they'd be like where's because because this this was everything the first year it was ryan and phil are at the house so we'd hear the door open and someone go hey where's phil and ryan and it meant like we need you to do something and we were like uh, and we'd go and hide in our little hiding spots and wait. They'd be like, oh, I got, I, their cars are here. I wonder where they are anyway. Blah, blah, blah. And they'd leave. And we were like, don't ever mention it to anybody. Because it was like, if anybody needed anything done, it was always like, Phil and Ryan will do it. And we're like, no, we have lives. <laughs> like, this is insane. But I can't yeah. think of anything I want to do less than go up to someone's girlfriend and make direct eye contact with them and be like, my cigarette girl. Or whatever the stupid <laughs> song was. Ugh, like... I don't, I don't, wait, did y'all, did you have, I think I know the answer. You didn't have any sort of SIGEP thing at your wedding, did you, where like SIGEPs no. and attendants all sang to Okay. Okay, it would have been Phil and Paul and like, it was like three people. And I'm sure, I'm sure Paul, uh, Paul is coming up this weekend. I'm going to ask him if he can even remember the tune of the SIGEP drop song. So the, my old coworker's wedding is the only time I've seen a fraternity do it. Um, 
and I was like, what is happening? I've had to do it at several weddings as a sorority member. The last time was in 2014, way too late for that mm. to be happening. Oh, yeah. And one of my friends came up to me and was like, hey, uh, you know, the bride wants us to, to sing, to do a, a, a candle lighting and to sing tonight. And I went, oh, and you told her no, right? And she was <laughs> like, no, we're, we're all practicing outside. Come on. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are you expecting us to remember the words and the tune also? The song she picked had two parts, a high part and a low part. There were like five of us. I was like, I'm sorry. That's not really even enough people to do a high part and a low part. What's funny is in my uh, head, I literally imagined you let them walking away and you starting to step off and you're Psst, Laurel. And it's like me peeking out from the wall. I mean, like, come on, you got to get in the I would love that. I did. I did leave during the, the uh, bouquet toss and the, and the garter toss. I grabbed a slice of oh, cake yeah, and went yeah. outside and sat on a bench. And I was like, this is this is nice. This is nice. No, we didn't. We didn't uh, anyway, do that at our wedding. Anything else we want to say about this episode? Yes, that the actor who played Richard, I actually rewound the credits to make sure I was not seeing things. His name is Edward Edwards. No. Mm-hmm. Is, I tell is, you, I rewound. Is Richard Ronnie's date? Who was? Yes. Roz's yes. date, who was like the most boring man Larry. alive. Yeah, Larry and Richard. Okay, great. Yes. I hope we don't have a Larry point, or Rich- Richard that listens. <laughs> Richard is not was not like uh, he, there was something that he was like not understanding and Ronnie was like you're not real quick on the uptake here Dick so yeah that was definitely I, I remember when she answered the phone she called him Richard uh do we want to rate this episode I gave it six out of ten do do wop shabops <laughs> thank you <coughs> glad that I, pleased I think you. I give it I think I give it five ill-fitting bomber jackets okay um okay Real quick, before we move on to the next one, uh, obviously there's Hold some on. like Fraser news. They've announced that it's October. Was it October 11th that the new season is coming out or the new show? It's definitely early October. Yeah. Well, let's find out in a second because right now, Laurel, let's go to YouTube.com together, and we're we're gonna. I've I've seen it once without sound it even says in the description thursday october 12th okay so it's the 12th of october which i'm kind of shocked how quick they went from hey here's some an actual teaser to uh like like there's not much time in between also if you go on paramountplus.com you can like i've already been like saved to watch list and you can see and there's a little description there we can look at that here in a sec Uh, like listeners you know this about me I've been very skeptical about this reboot from the beginning. Um, I have—I I don't think reboots have a great track record. The fact that so many of the regular original cast is not coming back, particularly David Hyde Pierce. I just, I, I, I have, I have concerns and I just want everyone to know that I will not let my feelings about this reboot color my feelings about OG Frasier. So. Okay. Uh, I don't think this <laughs> right, trailer is like, going to do much in one way or the other no, no, for I know. you. I just, I feel, I feel like now that it, but now that it's actually come to fruition, like before it had kind of been hypothetical and, you know, people would be like, Kelsey Grammer says Frasier reboot is going to happen. And it's like years would go by. So yeah, I just yeah. feel like I need to let people know that I'm really skeptical and yeah. So, okay. Um, are we, are we going to press play? Are we going to, yeah, we'll do three, two, one play. Does that sound good? Okay. 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 Three, two, one play. Okay, I'd like the Seattle outline. Oh, Kelsey Grimmer's got, voice sounds different. Got Kelsey back into the recording booth. 
no more callers, all, all new hangups. Like okay, so what city is that at the end there? Oh, oh shoot. Let, let me let me look again. I uh I wasn't even paying attention. Oh, uh cuz there's a new outline at the yeah. end. For those of you who hasn't seen it, it's just him singing the song a little slower, different outlines and like nothing that really tells you much. Like there's one that looks like a beer. So I don't know there's if he's going like back to that, Boston. There's one that looks like him. I don't think Boston has a bridge like that. So new Fraser. I, I I would like listeners to go and, and look if anything watch this we'll drop it in the facebook group i'm sure most of you've already seen it though but it says he's going back to boston outline, um that feels interesting um okay i guess i isn't frederick gonna be like a main character like adult frederick so i guess that I, makes sense maybe that he's back in boston um uh, fraser cast reboot was original cast members are in the fraser reboot reboot uh Today reported that Perry Gilpin will return as Roz and B.B. Newworth will return as Lilith. So, uh, Niles and Daphne are not coming back. If there's Which a makes sense. That... So he lives in Boston. Uh, looks like there's some new cast members. It looks like we got a picture here. Moral, let me send you this picture. I think I've seen. Or it's... I think I've seen the picture. So a few friends who did not know that a Frasier reboot was coming sent it to me uh, on Instagram. And were like, did you know about this? And I'm like, yes. Um, Jack Cutmore Scott, starring in Deception, plays Frasier's son, Freddy. So it's a new Freddy, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, Nicholas Lindhurst, who starred in Only Fools and Horses. Kid Freddies are still acting, so... Uh, Fraser's friends from college, Alan, who is a college professor, and there's Alan's colleague. Like, it's just, I don't, I guess he's, is he going to be a professor or something? Oh, maybe. But doesn't it feel weird if he's going back to Boston and it's not the Cheers people Cheers. aren't in it? Yeah, like, unless we find out all the ways all those people with their terrible health have died, which would kind of be funny. Well, that would be a bummer. Um, <laughs> okay, so... No, no, no real takeaways from that, uh, that little montage. But, uh, so do we want to move on? I'm sorry. Do we have any mail? Oh, well, real quick. No, we don't. But uh, real quick, I wanted to, uh, you know, like when you were saying the, one of the things that really came to mind, um, the two things I wrote the notes is there's no way this is going to handle psychology delicately. I feel like. Like especially I'm after sorry, you're talking about the reboot, the reboot. Like I, I, I can't. I okay. think this is going to end up being like Last Man Standing, where it's like a beloved sitcom character or sitcom actor comes back, like in his way, kind of more conservative, and we're going to learn that through a show where he has more creative say. And I don't think I'm here for it. Oh, I didn't really consider that at all. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's going to be. Is it? Is at least going to be missing less, the he? He's going to be missing the magic that made the original happen, and that's what I feel like in Last Man yes. Standing was like. And okay, I I never watched Last Man Standing, so I don't have. Like I really don't have a good frame of reference. I mean, that's the show that Tim Allen was on, right? 
Yeah, I, I watched a little bit, just like a couple episodes, and it's to me the thing that's always great about Home Improvement was Tim is a dumb misogynist, but the show tells you, and he's wrong, and here's why, and Tim comes around. And this one was like, well, what if he like, it, what if instead they went, well, both sides, like, what if they did that for the whole thing? And it was like, oh god, okay. So like, again, it's I'm a piece of crap that doesn't learn anything. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, well, I think you missed the point. I feel like this might do the I, same I will thing. Say that or it might just be a different bad. character in Last Man Standing. I just feel like it's going to be a yeah. lot of trying to shoehorn characters that we're supposed to care about very early on. And I just I think it's going to lose some of the really smart humor that Fraser had in the early seasons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what are, what is Let's, the what what is the writer like we're talking about the cast and that sort of thing i wonder if there's any like original writers or yeah i don't i don't know honestly i think everyone could be assured that we will follow the press around Mm -hmm. this reboot because there's gonna be a lot of press um and especially because with the writer strike we're not going to have a fall tv season that starts on time by any means so there's not going to be a ton of new content so which is fine we'll uh don't cross the picket lines you know union strong I, i i was saying there'll be a lot of press Kelsey Grammer can't do press because he's a member of SAG-AFTRA um, unless he chooses to cross the picket line. Um, All right. Um, so we move on to the next episode, season 11, episode seven, Maris returns. Maris seeks protection from Niles, from Niles for her violent new boyfriend. Now that seems, that sentence, I don't like because it sounds like she's seeking protection because from, Niles is going after her violent yes. new boyfriend. <laughs> like she needs someone to protect her from Niles. Yes. Uh, because of Daphne's mood swings, Niles tries to keep her meeting, his meeting secret, which fails when the boyfriend shows up at a fake baby shower and punches Frazier. Um, and the, the B, another the, big the, point of this. Oh, I just gonna say the B plot or a plot. And this is the B plot is Frazier has his first day in private practice. Yes. Which I got to say, I kind of like this felt like a good way to do. Now we can get more guest stars on instead of just the call in. I don't know. I thought it was cool. There was there were a lot of, you know, I don't know how many of them were like super famous at the time because one was TK whatever, Knight from, from Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. George Knight. R.I.P. Uh, did his character die on that show? Yes, that's why I said R.I.P. It's rare to have left Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I didn't know not in it. a body bag. So is any is that show still going? Yes. I mean. Meredith Grey. Grey is not still on. No. <laughs> like the Grey of Grey's Anatomy is not on the show anymore. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited when Sarah Silverman showed up. I thought she was a cool get. Mm-hmm. Um, Tara came in at the end when it was uh, Homer Simpson. Yes. Uh, the voice of Homer Simpson at the end there. He's also, he's one of my favorite very small recurring roles on Parks and Rec where he plays the, like, uh, NPR. presenter at the yeah. local NPR station. My mom always thinks yeah. that's so spot on for NPR. I, I saw him in person once. Uh, he was, uh, they were filming a TV show down the street from my office when I worked in downtown Dallas. And I walked by him mm-hmm. as he was getting into a station wagon. Oh, wow. I know. Uh, which, which plot line do we want to start with? Well, I mean, the, we could do the, the Frasier one. The Frasier one is essentially just things keep going wrong as he's you know trying to do it and people keep running in and out i like 
Peggy. I, I wrote, I kind of love Peggy, his temp. Is that his secretary? Yeah. 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 The temp secretary who, um, like, is really never like, oh, my God, you're getting rid Like, it felt like she was real supportive of him. Like, he's really kicking, getting him out of there real quick. Like, she was great. Yeah. I loved her. I so I I enjoyed how he started every session with like whether our time together lasts yeah. a few weeks or a few years. Uh, full disclosure: I, I visited a new therapist this morning, and as I went in there, oh, wow. I was like, I was like, please, please tell me you're not going to start with whether our time together lasts a few weeks or a few years. She I did feel not like, start with that. I feel like every new therapist I have is always like, I sit down, and she goes, "Well, what do you got?" <laughs> like not like that, but it's always like, "Well, uh, well, how can I help you?" Like it's you know. And I'm just and like, I, blah, I blah, blah, wish, and just explode. Uh, I also wish that I could just be like, can I just give you some, like, the download from my previous therapist? Like, could we just, there's just, it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about all the things I've done with therapy before, yeah. and how I moved through those things, and just, I did that with a phys- yeah, physical I, therapist today with my shoulders, and I felt like that's what it was. Like, this is when I first started getting this, and then I went to this, and then mm-hmm. this, and then this, this is where I am now, so yeah. Uh... So, yeah, Frazier, just for one reason or another, all of his patients end up leaving very shortly. The first mm-hmm. one, uh, Sarah Silverman, Jane Walsh, realized that Frazier dated her sister mm-hmm. and that her sister told her at one point that while in, in, in flagrante, as they might say, <laughs> Frazier called her milady. That and that she funny. and her sister then just joked about that forever and ever. And then she's like, and then my other sister got a cat named her lady. And mm-hmm. just, so he's like, this isn't going to work. Uh, the next one is T.R. Knight, who shows up very early because he has anxiety. And he listens to Fraser's little spiel about and however long we're together. I hope that it is fruitful for both of us or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I can't do this. And he leaves. Then and then I like when Niles comes in. Comes in. Yeah, yeah, and he goes, Did, you're already done with your 10 o'clock? He's like, actually, that's my old weapon. I thought that was very funny. Yes. And they're about to go out to lunch, and then Maris calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I put Maris in, like, big all caps with, like, question mark, explanation, ex- exclamation point. Um, there was a bit, I think, later where, where there was an LOL for me where he says, I haven't heard of this panic since her strength gave out halfway through a revolving door. Which that was yes. a pretty good Maris line. Uh, I, I also... Didn't didn't really realize how much I missed Maris jokes. Yes. Uh, and well, we'll we'll stick with Fraser's storyline for mm-hmm. a second. He uh, then another woman comes in. And she thinks she needs to be more assertive. That her friends like keep like ditching her, or like her food didn't show up at a dinner and no one noticed, and just all these different things. And Fraser, in the meantime, is trying to get a different chair out and ends up like slamming the door on that- her. That was some good physical comedy. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. And I, it also they did a good job of lining up the lines of like it feels like no one's paying attention to me. Fall, like it was it was well yes. done. I liked it a lot. I, I'll I'll leave the last Fraser patient until well I guess not not Homer Simpson but the one right before that since it ties a little bit to uh, Daphne's baby shower that Niles mm-hmm. ends up throwing her. But Niles very much understands that or, or Fraser is like you can't tell Daphne that you. Is Fraser is Niles the one who says I can't tell Daphne, or is Fraser the one who says I can't tell Daphne? I, Martin says it, and then or they say he says I'm going to tell him, and they're both like, "Don't do that." And like, I, they kind of toe the line. Like I, I kind of it's one of those situations where I'm like, you absolutely have to tell. You can't lie to your spouse, but at the same time, like, 
there, you know, like I understand, like you got to really be diff- delicate with this because you know mm-hmm. her hormones are going crazy. There's even a chance later where he's going to tell her, and then Maris calls and she freaks out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even want to say freaks out; she gets rightfully upset. Like she's very defensive of of I think Niles and herself against Maris of like that woman mm-hmm. ruined our lives, you know, in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And I think like you know, rightfully so. So he decides, and then Martin's like, yeah, oh, it's they're being cagey, and he says, what does he say? Niles helped him with it. She's like, well, now I know you. Oh, changing a tire. Yes, yes. Well, I also want to point out that when Niles, when they're telling Niles, like, just like tell a little lie to Daphne if she asks about today. And he says, well, you know, there's a lie. You know, there's a little fib to cover up some after work shoe shopping. And then there's a lie. <laughs> and just, uh, I just re- really enjoyed that. And Niles spins this very elaborate story about how he had to take Martin to the ear, nose and throat doctor. Cause Martin's ears weren't, were stopped up. And then they went to the dog track where they had lunch and this whole, yeah, this whole thing. And he, uh, and then Martin's trying to play along and he's like, yeah. And then, you know, we got a flat on the freeway that really slowed us down. But, you know, Niles even helped me change it. And Daphne's like, okay, I know you're lying now. And then Daphne does the thing that I hate in, uh, sitcoms where it's like, I know what's going on here. And then like says what's going on here. And it's like, they're all like, yeah. So he has to put together. She, he, she's like, you're throwing me a surprise baby shower. And he's like, baby yeah. Shower. So he's got to put one together for two hours. And I love that the, the, the mark of an unsuccessful baby shower is that like Kenny shows up. <laughs> yes. And that when she's like, where so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. And he's like, oh, you know, I thought we would just like, you know. Well, he goes, what, I had to co- make the cut give? somewhere. And she was like all her somewhere. friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. But then uh, the Argentinian boyfriend shows up and confuses Fraser for Niles and punches him you know uh saying he gave her bad advice and then you know uh, Daphne gets mad storms out comes back later and they have like a talk about it. I do like the part where she's like well no I'm mad at you but like I'll get over it. you know like th- there's a thing mm-hmm. where she's like he goes she goes he he's like are you all right she's like yes well not completely but I but I'm just you know upset like I I like that kind mm-hmm. of real realizations of just her being I'm fine now um and yes are, are yeah. we ready for the last little part of this uh this uh because this was an interesting way to end the episode yes so we should say that in throwing together the baby shower niles the caterer heard fraternity theme rather than maternity theme so it's oh, right. kegs of beer and a big hoagie and fraser is just devouring the bit of the hoagie that he has <laughs> and, and oh, then he like right. immediately like burps and and he's like oh and kind of like holding his stomach a little bit and martin's like hey look nights on the force when i would like eat you know a big sandwich or something and then go sit in the squad car you've got to like like what is it loosen your uh loosen your belt a little and unbutton the top button of your pants and that will like yeah. help, help you feel a lot better now so fraser goes for, to, to see his one of his last clients of the night i thought those noises literally sounded like a person going like it literally sounded like somebody <laughs> like that was the noises it sounded like a human vocalization of stomach noises it really made me laugh but uh missy Pyle is his uh she's she's in a ton of tv shows i remember her from she plays shannon palmer yes mm-hmm. she, she was on galaxy quest is what i remember her from mostly but she's a, so i took uh, a spin through her imdb because her name was very familiar and she has gotten into the hallmark 
holiday movie uh, life cycle. And in mm-hmm. one of them, she plays someone named Missy Toes. I hate everything about what you just said. Um, I do too. It did not bring me joy, <laughs> but it probably actually a little bit of joy to to tell you that. But it's just like a bunch of Hallmark movies. And I'm like, good for her. Good she's for her. a very they turn out like 40 new movies a year. Yeah, she's a very attractive actress who also has like really good comic timing. So they do a real. They kind of cast her in these roles. Um, the one I remember her from was um, the Hallmark Boston movie you Legal. From? Yes, do share. <laughs> she was she was in Boston the Hallmark movie yes, uh, where she was uh, oh god I'm trying to think of something really close like I was like Jingle Bells no um, but she was on uh, Boston Legal and she had this very weird voice and was very odd it was kind of like that but she goes someone said oh she's like I get very nervous on the stand and when she gets on the stand she's like the um James Spader's character was ready he's like I'm gonna destroy this woman on the stand. And then she gets on the stand. She's like, oh, my God, I just feel like turns does this normal voice. And it keeps cutting back to James Spader. And he's like, like, just wide eyed staring like, what is going on? And he gets up. There, he's like, Hada, Hada, uh, you, you were talking to me strangely earlier. Why is this like, like and doing the kind of James Spader <laughs> like patter? But I just she's she, she gets she does a lot of roles like that where it's like a very attractive actress. You don't necessarily expect to have like good physical oh you know what, what movie she was in she was in home alone th- four <laughs> and she's one of the burglars oh okay i don't know that i've <laughs> seen home alone four i haven't but i just knew she was because it's french stewart playing harry playing daniel stern's character and then it's like daniel stern's girlfriend he got while he was in jail and she was like writing him notes i don't know it's i I read that thing and i went i hate every again only second to missy toes or whatever (laughs) missy was it missy l toes or no i think it was just missy toes or missy toe let me uh i don't even know what the movie was called um it sounds like they're trying to do mistletoes but really it sounds more like a character that only has eight toes or something (laughs) (laughs) yes Like, I feel, also, it makes me think that this was perhaps something where, like, her last name was never said, and they, like, they put it in there, be like, isn't this funny? And then they realize they never say it, and they're like, eh, we'll just leave it in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what else I have. Oh, well, should we finish the Missy Pyle story that yeah, Frazier she- encourages her to, like, lie down, and meanwhile, his stomach is making a bunch of noises. Yeah. I, I Listen, sometimes my stomach makes noises like that, and I always feel like I have to be like, I'm so sorry, but my stomach's making noises. I apologize. And I feel like if he just done... I, I don't understand why he thought, that like, unbuttoning his pants for a, uh, a woman who was like, men around me always think of sex and think I'm a sex object, and he's like, his solution was, I'm going to undo my pants and not like, yes, I'm so sorry, I ate a hoagie. <laughs> Yeah, or, or not even just be like, I'm so sorry. Excuse, excuse me for just one moment, and go out like into his lobby and like do that. That this is where I'm, yeah, I, I'm like, it was funny, but also this feels, I guess, strange credulity. But anyway, um, a, a bit. But it was also so fast. It wasn't like you know a big thing because the way he falls on her and everything was very like, oh my goodness. Um, yeah. The, the 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 cap on his story is. Homer Simpson comes in and he actually has like a very good session with him finally. Mm-hmm. And then at the end he's like, yes, you know, I think that's the the, the thing in the, the cold clothes. 
But it also is funny to me that the a man crying and having a good therapy session was like, this will be comedy gold. And it's like, that's when I wrote the whole, I don't think the new one's going to handle psychology delicately because this one felt very like, yeah, it, it shouldn't be a joke that a man has a good psychiatry session. I don't know. Like they couldn't just have like a legit moment of him being like, I did it. I don't know. True. But also the cold close is silent. So yes. they had to do something to but um, also, I, I I perhaps would be a little optimistic that the way mental health is talked about and portrayed on TV now is so much more progressive than it was back in 2003. So yeah. perhaps the new Frasier would reflect that. I feel like you would almost have to. But anyway, um, um, do you, uh, oh, I do just want to point out that... Uh, Roz was wearing a great outfit, I guess, at Daphne's shower. She was wearing, like, a tweed outfit, like a tweed dress maybe or something. It looked fantastic. Well, we need to talk about the cliffhanger. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, they, as Daphne and Niles are walking out of, uh, walking into the next room, there's a news report on that Maris's Argentinian lover has been found dead. And, and, and is she the prime suspect? Do they have her in custody? Like, do they say that part? I I think they say something about that because they would not I don't think they would talk about his death without her being the prime suspect like does that does that make sense I I feel like probably unless they're like you know boyfriend of Seattle socialite Maris they do say that and they call her Maris Crane which I was surprised that she had not gone back to her maiden name did did she Mm. end up getting married after Niles I guess not I don't remember. I I will say I had l- seen like the title of the next one or like a little bit where it says something about Maris's murder trial and I thought yeah, it's it like was Maris, Maris on trial, I think. Maris on trial and I thought or, or I thought like it says something about like Maris's murder trial and so I thought Maris had been murdered. So I assume this whole and the whole thing with like everybody leaving Niles alone was going to be like well now he doesn't have an alibi and it was going to be the uh, a thing of like her him being blamed for her murder, which I was kind of like okay with, I guess, because I've never actually seen Maris, so I don't really think of her much as a person because there's no actress, yeah, it's like it's all person. just stories, yeah. So I don't know, like now that I'm re saying it back, I'm like that is a little ghoulish, but at the same time, the <laughs> way they present the woman is, is is as a plot point, not as an actual human being, but. Um, but you what make a good you... point that it ends on a true cliffhanger. It says to be continued. Yes, it does. Um, I'm, I'm for one, I'm excited for the next one. What did you rank this one? I think I would give this one um, six nice little potted plants that Martin brought Frazier for his office, which I thought was so sweet. Oh yeah, I well, I didn't like it. He goes, "Hey, I'm crazy. I need a doctor." Or <laughs> whatever he said when he yeah. came in. I know. Uh, I was like, I really. I, I liked it a little bit better than that. Like I thought some of the physical comedy was good. I liked, I, I don't know. I just, I, this one kind of won me over a little. Um, I gave it seven out of 10 optional eyebrow waxes, which was something included in Daphne's day spa package that she was like, what is that supposed to mean? Um, yes. Well, if you know, listeners, it, do, do you think Maris, this is like who shot Jr. but it's like, did Maris do it? Uh, get at us and let us know. I mean, I'm sure some of you actually do know as opposed to us. But uh, know, get it. It is wild to me that I have no clue how this storyline ends. Yeah, when I saw it, I was almost like, 
going to reach out to you and be like, wait, Maris died? But I'm glad I didn't because yeah, then I remembered you hadn't gotten that far. But let us know what you think with your theories. Uh, we are craniacs at gmail.com. That is C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S at craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Fraser podcast on Facebook. Uh, that's where, where we post a lot of our links and where people get at us when they see um, the new trailers and stuff like that. So it's probably going to be where a lot of our Frasier news is getting posted. I think we should let people know that we're really not on Twitter. Any- I'm sorry, we're not on X anymore. I don't have Twitter on my phone anymore. Um, you aren't on Twitter. Well, let's do that. Uh, today, After today, we're deactivating the account. So don't go find us on Twitter. <laughs> I don't see a reason to have it. I honestly... Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I have no interest in continuing to post to that site. So yeah. uh, I don't know if we want to start a Threads account. Maybe that's something we talk about, you know, offline. But uh, you won't find us on Twitter, but you will find us in all your favorite places to get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, everywhere you get podcasts. Give us the highest review when you review us because you should rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out as a little little tiny podcast helps us uh, get you know a little bit uh, some more listeners but uh, if you want to give us what you want to do what you want to do deep down is give us a five-star review and if there's a little bit of doubt there in your heart and you're thinking oh maybe a four-star lower because I've just got all this time and nothing to do with it well Laurel may have something to fill that time so you're not giving us those lower star reviews I do everybody uh I am almost done with the first season of The Diplomat on Netflix. Uh, it came out this spring. It's written by one of the writers from The West Wing. Uh, and it stars Carrie Russell. She plays a kind of someone who I think has been on the more intelligent side of government, but then gets uh, abruptly put in the position to be ambassador to the UK for the US um, in the middle of like a really big kind of global security crisis. Um, it's a very smart show. Uh, it's got a lot of actors that I don't know in it, which I always like to find new actors. Everybody in it's very good. Uh, Carrie Russell is very good in it. Uh, she Another interesting aspect to it is not just the political intrigue, but she is married in the show. She's uh, Her husband's played by Rufus Sewell, who's a British actor, but uh, he plays an American in this. And they are basically about to get divorced. It's very much seems like a, like a kind of, not, not necessarily a marriage of convenience, but like, they're so fond of each other. She just does not want to be married to him anymore, but he is a former ambassador. So he's very helpful to her in the whole, her becoming an ambassador mm. all of a sudden and everything. So, um, like I said, I'm almost done with the first season. This came out this spring. So a lot of you have probably already seen this, but Carrie Russell was nominated for an Emmy this year for her role in it. So, uh, yeah, the diplomat it's, if you're missing, you know, the West wing or any of those kind of political intrigue shows, um, I highly recommend it. Also, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful show in terms of like, the scenery and where it's filmed and everything. So the, the poster on IMDb, Carrie Russell just looks like she's had it. She's like <laughs> slooped down in her chair. Like, yeah, plus if it's yeah. a, as if she's a diplomat to England, it feels like it is right up your alley. Yeah, yes. Basically. Uh, my only quibble is that she's supposed to be like, like she's not, she's too busy to like fuss with her appearance and everything. Um, and so 90% of the time her hair is not brushed and it really bothers me. I'm like, can someone just run, mm. just wa- a brush, just once a day through her hair, just run a brush through her uh, hair. You just want to play the character who's like her, uh, Tony like Hale me. from Veep. Yes. Yes. I, I want to be her. Oh my gosh. What was his name on the show? Oh my God. <laughs> it's not Buster. No, no. <laughs> I feel uh, like we've done this before on our show where he can't remember his name. Tara would know. Okay, she plays Selena. I'm just going to look this up. 
Gary. Gary. Yeah. No, I was like Scott, Jeff. I couldn't have. That think is of not it. what I remember. That is not at all what I remembered. Uh, anyway. Well, check out the diplomat folks when you're not checking out Frasier and hit us up with any new Frasier news you see. And we will also be on the lookout for this new season. Uh, excited to hear that we're going to be extending our uh, Craniacs run a little bit, probably to watch some of this. Yeah, I also, I mean, I guess we need to talk about these shows come out in October. We're not going to be done with this season by then. Do we put a pause on this season and do the reboot? Do we push the reboot to after this? I don't, I feel, I think we push the reboot to after because I feel like there might be some. Oh, some spoilers. Slight spoilers because they'll have to like wrap up whatever they ended in the middle of the season 11. But. Either way, folks, uh, check those out. Check uh, check out our back catalog. Rate, review, subscribe. And until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all. Laurel is the expert.